God bless you, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Leonard. It's a great day to be alive. Uh, it's a great day to know that God still has a purpose for our lives. And I tell you, if you just take some time out to think about it, and you'll see just how good God has been to you. All you have to do is look back over your life, and you can see all the times where God um, came in and made a difference in your life. You know, think about all those things that, that could have happened to you that were bad and didn't. You know, all the times that, you know, you drove past an accident, but it wasn't you. All the times that you, uh, something could have happened to you, but it didn't. You know, when we think back over our lives and just do an inventory, um, uh, just know that God has blessed you uh, tremendously. And I tell you, sometimes we need to do that so that we can be more grateful. I know I have to remind myself periodically, you know, to be grateful, to be thankful for what God has done. And I try to thank him every single day. First of all, you know, thanking him for waking me up in the morning. I know my alarm clock didn't wake me up. I know God woke me up. So I'm grateful that God woke me up this morning. And so, uh, you know, you try to give thanks for your family. You know, uh, in my case, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, I'm grateful. I'm thankful, you know, for God watching over them and keeping them. And yes, they're going through situations. Uh, you know, my grown children, yes, they do. They go through situations. They still have to figure out how to navigate life for themselves. They have to learn how to trust God for themselves. Remember, brothers and sisters, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children, right? And so they have to be able to navigate life with the help of the Holy Spirit, just like you do, just like I do, just like we do. You know, so think about all those things that God is doing for you right now. Well, today I have an exciting message for you, and I want to continue with this theme of righteousness, right standing with God, knowing that I'm in right standing with God, knowing that the Bible says, uh, him who knew no sin, he has made he has been made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's very important. So before we get started, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Father, for a powerful word. Holy Spirit, have your way. Give me the understanding and the wisdom I need to deliver the word in a uh, in a powerful way, Lord, um, that my mind and my my uh, my mouth and the things I say will be succinct to what the Spirit is saying right now. Have your way, Holy Spirit. I need you. Anoint the ears of the hearers. And today, Lord, we thank you that today we're all going to be blessed as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so before, brothers and sisters, we talked about righteousness. What is righteousness? What is right standing with God? Well, that's what righteousness is, being in right standing with God, remembering that Adam sinned in the garden, the original sin. And see, once Adam sinned, all of mankind fell as a result of Adam's sins. The Bible says, by one man's sin did death come into the world, and by one man's righteousness, right, will salvation come into the world. And so we understand that because Adam sinned, that put us in a situation that we were apart from God. I mean, we had no way back to God. You know, in fact, if you look in the Bible, um, we needed animals, sacrificed animals for our sins. And in fact, 
you know, most of us listening right now were Gentiles, right? So we didn't even have any hope whatsoever because we didn't have a covenant with God. The Gentiles didn't have a covenant, but thanks be to God that he had a plan to not only graft us in, but, you know, to to really include us in this thing where that in Christ, there's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, but we're all children of God. So he had a massive plan to graft us in and glory to God. We're in now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so we need to think about that. We understand that if Jesus didn't do what he did over 2,000 years ago, that we would not be a part of God's family. But guess what? For those of you who haven't accepted Christ, you're not a part of God's family, right? But for all of you who have, you are certainly a part of the body of Christ, so you are righteous. So I'm in right standing with God because of what Jesus did. Remember, what Adam did was he caused us to be separated from God because God had a perfect plan. But because of what Jesus did, he restored us back to a place where we were back in favor with God, so to speak, right? And so that's what I'm excited about, the righteousness, better yet, the force of righteousness or the power of righteousness, part two. We're gonna talk about that because God has been so good to us. And man, it's good to know that you're righteous. You know that if you died right now, that you would be with the Lord forever and forever. Remember, the day you accepted Christ, that's the day you became righteous. That's the day you were in right standing with God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And so now you are brand new. So you're a brand new creation. You're made in the image and likeness of God. Now get this, when you accepted Christ, the spirit of God baptized you into the body of Christ, changed your spirit, right? And now your spirit is without sin. The Bible says that God said, I'm not, I'm no longer going to live in buildings made by hand, but I'm going to live in the hearts of my people. So God said he's going to live in our spirits, right? Thus, the scripture says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, because God came to reside on the inside of us. And remember, if we were sinful and we were evil and all those things we used to be, God can't reside there. Remember, God is a holy and a righteous God. And if he's going to reside somewhere, there is there are real strict rules that need to be followed, right? That's how you know, number one, that you're righteous because if God lives on the inside of you, then you have to be in right standing with God. And remember, it's not based on your do's and don'ts and all that kind of stuff. Where people get confused is that they always seem to equate right and wrong and good and bad with righteousness. And that's not so. You know what? You can't do good things and and try to be good and all this kind of stuff to be saved, right? But what you do is as a result of being saved, you do good things. You see what I'm saying? This is all really about you loving God. You know that you love God so much that you don't want to disappoint him. So you do 
those good things because it's in your nature to do good. The scripture says to him that know to do good and do it not to him is sin. So we know that if we don't do those things that we know are good, then we displease God. So we want to be pleasing to God in everything we do, because if God lives on the inside of us, right, we're righteous, guys. We're righteous. We're in right standing with God. Like the Bible talks about us being holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He talks about how much he loves us. Listen, did you know the Bible says that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? That is phenomenal, right? And because of that, Paul says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And you can find that in Romans 8, 38 and 39. So think about this. Jesus said, well, through Paul, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? His own people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Think about that. God called you a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He said, holy nation, right? The scripture says, without holiness, no man shall see God. Well, I can't be holy, on my own accord. I'm not holy because I just do good things. I'm holy because God made me holy. He created me holy when I was born again. I was born without sin. When I was born again, I was born in his image, in his righteousness. When I was born again, I was born into the body of Christ. So if I'm going to see God, I have to be holy. If I'm going to see God, I have to be righteous. And the only way that I can become holy and righteous is to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And what happens is he transforms me from darkness into light and he makes me acceptable. Now I can come to God at any time. I don't need a priest to go before me. I don't need a preacher to go for me. I can come to God on my own free will. I can come to God in the time of trouble and I'll have mercy and I have grace at that time. I can come to God whenever I need. I can fellowship with God any time of day. David said, I praise the Lord seven times a day, you know, but you can come to God anytime that you want to. You feel the need to be with the Lord. I just want to be in God's presence. Brothers and sisters, you can do that because the scripture says that he lives on the inside of you. So when you reside, you go to him knowing that he resides on the inside of you and you just say, God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your awesome presence. And I love residing here with you, Lord. I love you because you first loved me. You didn't have to save me. There are millions and millions of people that won't be saved, that weren't saved. They made a decision. They made a choice. They didn't want anything to do with God. But you gave me a will. You gave me people around me. My grandmother who raised me in the church and introduced me to your presence. And, and so uh, you put me in a situation where it didn't seem good. The devil meant it for bad, but Lord, you meant it for good. Both my parents, neither one of them wanted me at the time. Maybe I was a distraction and, and, and what they wanted to do in their lives, but God didn't see me as a distraction. He ordered my steps because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so God himself made sure 
that my grandmother raised me, that I was raised in the church, that I became acquainted with the Lord. I didn't accept him yet, but boy, I had some knowledge of him. And when it was my day, my day, I accepted the Christ. I accepted Christ because the Bible says that the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. He says, harden not your heart. The day you hear me, don't, don't run from me. Don't try to run from me. Don't go on the bars trying to get away from me. Don't go over there in the whorehouse trying to get away from me. Don't go over there in a relationship trying to get away from me. Don't go commit adultery trying to get away from me. Oh no, but when you hear his voice, it's time to say, yes, Lord. It's time to get it right. Because listen, what he's offering you is to give you righteousness in exchange for your unrighteousness. He's offering you an opportunity to live with him forever and forever. Because the day you accept Christ is the day you receive eternal life. Think about it. Because for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The day you accept him, brothers and sisters, you have everlasting life. That's what's important. Therefore, you're no longer a servant, but a son. And if you're a son, then an heir through God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God has made us free. And the scripture says to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't be tangled again with that yoke of bondage. But you want to stay away from that because that's what gets you in bondage when you when you when you hang around with sin and you play around with that kind of stuff. But listen, you love the Lord. You don't want to be entangled in that mess. Think about it. God, he chose us, brothers and sisters in him from the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians 1 and 3 talks about that. The scripture says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Think about how good God is, you know, where we didn't even deserve it. There's nothing you did to deserve his righteousness. Are you kidding me? You mean out of the billions of people that walked this earth, Throughout history, for some reason, he smiled upon you and you think you deserved it. Are you kidding me? We didn't deserve none of this. God gave us this. This is a free gift. Again, I say it again. For God so loved the world that he gave. The world is everybody, y'all. The world is all the people that ever existed. He gave Jesus for the world. He gave Jesus for the world. He sacrificed Jesus on the cross for the world, not just for the church, but for the world, for the people who don't know him, the whoremonger, the adulterer, the fornicator, the fornicator, the whore, the pimp. The, the, the folks in jail, the people uh, that's living like they want to, the thief, he gave Jesus from the murderer. He gave Jesus for the uh, the bullies and he gave Jesus for all of the, the, the depraved people on the planet. He gave us Jesus so that he could set us free. He wanted us to be free. He wanted us to be a part of his kingdom because who the son set free is free indeed. He wanted us to experience his grace and his mercy, his great love that he had for us, his love that encompasses all parts of this earth, his love that spread throughout uh, that spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. He wanted us to experience his great love, y'all. God loves us. 
immensely. God loves us to the nth degree. He loves us so much and he wants us to experience his holiness, his righteousness. I can't be holy on my own. Paul said that my righteousness is as filthy rags. So that means, you know, that when you read that and you and you do a study on that, do you realize filthy rags are the rags that lepers wrap themselves with? And so when they called it filthy rags, it's what happens after they've wrapped themselves that the corruption and all the things that are falling off the skin, the, the contaminated blood, all that soils those rags, right? And so they become corrupt uh, rags, you know, and those rags are so corrupt and they're so uh, infused with with all that stench and that infection and it's all wrapped up in those rags. And so our righteousness is as filthy rags because in you, in yourself, you're not righteous. You can't be righteous in yourself. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Good deeds don't make you righteous, y'all. Being a good person don't make you righteous. That's all that is, is outside show. That, that's not coming from your spirit. You haven't been changed yet. If you haven't accepted Christ, I don't care how good you are. You can be as good as Mother Teresa, but if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. You're not going to live with God forever. That's not going to happen. So what you need to do is you need to see what it is that you're doing right now and give yourself an honest assessment. Have I ever accepted Christ into my heart? Have I ever made him the Lord and Savior of my life? Have I accepted his free grace, his mercy? Have I? That's my question to you. Have you? You know, so what you got to understand is that God is so merciful. Listen, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Because when you accept Christ, those are some of the characteristics that you will exhibit. I'm telling you. In order for you to be righteous, it is not hard. The Bible say the way is so clear that a fool can't err. You know, but yet we do. Yet we err because we don't trust Christ. We trust in our own selves. We trust in our, our own ventures and our own schemes and all those things we come up with. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's all about righteousness. Our right standing in him. He made us righteous and we are righteous. And so I don't concern myself with that question that people ask, am I going to heaven? Am I going to hell? I'm going to heaven because I've been justified by faith. And because I've been justified by faith, I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm not concerned about that aspect. I'm concerned about other people. I'm concerned about getting the message out there for other people. So brothers and sisters, if you're listening right now and you've asked yourself, are you saved? And the answer is no, then it's time for you to get saved. And listen to me. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and if you believe that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you shall be saved. The scripture clearly says that Jesus gave himself for us. Listen, if you believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, then brothers and sisters, you can be saved. 
Do you believe that? Then if you do, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, a sinner, and I want to be saved. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. You told me if I call on the name of the Lord, I shall be saved. Jesus, I call on you now. Save me now. I receive you now. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, if you pray that prayer, you're a child of God. You're not going to receive eternal life. You already have eternal life. The moment that you accepted him into your heart is the moment that you received eternal life and you will live with the Lord forever. Whether you die now or you're raptured up with the church, you're going to live with the Lord forever. You don't ever have to worry about whether or not you're going to heaven and hell. That question has been answered. You've accepted Christ. You've already made yourself uh, a reservation. You know, Jesus said that, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in him. He says that in my father's house, there are many mansions. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And so guess what? There's a mansion waiting on you, brothers, brothers, sisters. There's a mansion waiting on you. So know this much, that if you've accepted Christ, you are his. Man, it's a marvelous day. Listen, I want you to find you a good Bible-believing church, get you a good Bible-believing app or a Bible, right, and start reading. Start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about the character of Christ. Read about his stories, about his walk on the earth. And then, brothers and sisters, after that, jump in the book of Acts and start reading um, in the New Testament because that's where you need to be. Our covenant is based on the New Testament. And I'm so grateful to the Lord that he engrafted us in, aren't you? Aren't you grateful that you heard this message? And look at you. Now you're saved. You've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Man, I'm proud of you. Praise the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, this is Brother Leonard, and I want you to have a great and a fantastic day. God bless you, man. I love you. Peace out.